Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of 99 Problems but a Boss Ate One. I'm one of your hosts, Michelle Pratt, the owner of Dive Deeper Development and I run a training and coaching personal development business. And I'm your other co-host, Katie Carlisle, and I'm a Squarespace web designer and trainer under the brand of Squarespace Queen. And today we're talking about feeling stuck in a rut. So I don't know, you've, we've probably all had that feeling at some point of just feeling stuck in a rut. Perhaps every day feels the same. Perhaps you feel like you're the star of Groundhog Day or maybe the Truman <laughs> Show. Might be showing my age with a reference to those films there. But basically we all feel a little bit flat sometimes and go through periods where we can't muster the motivation to get through, get things done. And life feels like it's filmed in monochrome. So that's enough movie metaphor for now but you know what I mean and at the time of recording we're in lockdown three revenge of coronavirus which is like the worst trilogy ever and <laughs> recently we noticed that we're all feeling a bit crap to be honest so yesterday um I reached out to some fellow freelancers saying you know I was really struggling this time around that I found this lockdown harder and that I was struggling to get going in the mornings and get anything done and we just really found that all of our freelancer friends are experiencing the exact same thing. So if this is not, if you're not listening to this in COVID times, then you're probably not finding that everybody's feeling it at the same time. But no doubt you felt this for any number of reasons, just to the stuff going on. Or maybe, you know, you just got that slight malaise that we all get from, from, from time to time. But actually reaching out to fellow fr- freelancers this week was a good lesson in how to pick yourself up. So today we're going to focus on, you know, how can you spot when you're stuck in a rut? But more importantly, what are some of the things that people have shared with us that are really useful for getting yourself out again? So that's what we're going to focus on today. So, so Katie, I, I feel like this is something that freelancers in particular are susceptible to. I mean, everybody gets it, but I think freelancers in particular can can get this, perhaps because we are we have to be self-motivators we are we are there's no one to hold us accountable except for us no one's going to give you a kick up the bum I, I don't know what your thoughts are is this do you reckon this is something that is freelance specific or what are your experiences yeah i think i think we've talked about this before in in the sense of like there are certain problems which are universal but that they sometimes seem to kind of affect freelancers that little bit deeper and I think it's like you said because we're all on our own we don't have as much of a a sort of safety cushion or support net as you would do if you were employed although obviously for a lot of people that's become significantly more tenuous in the last year I mean I think the reason it feels like Groundhog Day and that we're stuck in a rut is because literally the same things keep happening over and over again you know we go into lockdown there's a light at the end of the tunnel oh no we're back in lockdown and so that kind of repeating cycle I think does take its toll and I think probably with businesses, you get just that more of a structure. So, you know, after the first after the first lockdown and the, and the first impact of the of the pandemic, I think businesses probably did stop, reflect, restructure, you know, try and keep people's jobs as much as possible. But you as the employee don't necessarily have to take part in that emotional baggage of planning all of that stuff so i think that's one of the reasons why we feel it more as freelancers because if you're employed you might be worried about the security of your job and you might have some influence in the direction of the business and what you can do to help it but ultimately the decision's probably going to be taken for you and so that's probably a different frustration of feeling out of control but if you're a freelancer then 
you are the one that has to do the problem solving and you're the one that has to figure everything out. And that is quite emotionally exhausting, I think. And so I think that's yeah. one of the reasons why we can find ourselves stuck here because, you know, every couple of months we're finding ourselves in this position where the situation has changed again. And obviously this has, you know, been magnified because of the pandemic, but it applies in normal times too, because the nature of business is often quite cyclical and there's always external factors and internal factors that can you know, have an impact on the state of your business. And so I think the fact that we are having to kind of stop, reflect, plan, and that takes a lot of energy. And then we have this sort of hope for the future, but then we actually have to throw the plan out of the window after a few months and start again. And so I think part of it as a freelancer is actually just that it's almost that kind of, it's like almost like a teenager mentality I feel sometimes when I'm stuck in a rut of like, well, what's the point in even trying? It's all just yeah. going to be for nothing anyway, you know? What's the point in planning when in three months everything's going to change and the plan's just going to be useless? Yeah. A friend of mine said that word, Katie, today. Like, she said, she's the same word. She said teenager. She said, um, I'm so bored. And she hates the fact that she feels like a teenager. But it is that mentality, Katie, you're right. And I think that's one of the reasons why it hits home more as a freelancer because yeah, it's you having to do all of that emotional lifting and it's you that suffers the, the direct fallout of it as well. You know, you can't blame someone else. You can't get, you know, you, maybe the government might give you a bit of support if you're lucky, but you know, it's not like you can just go to your employer and let them take care of it. You have to take care of it. And so I think, especially for people who are, who are, you know, freelancing and trying to look after their kids, then like, the, just the, the sheer volume of, of things that they need to handle, I think means that you're just very drained and you don't necessarily have the capacity to think, to kind of drag yourself out of the rut. So I think that's one of the yeah. problems is that, is that when you get into it, it's hard to get out of it because of all the other circumstances going on. Um, but I think yeah. it's something that everyone in the world or most countries in the world is feeling. And I know speaking to people in America, they're experiencing it a whole lot because of the unrest over there. So as at the time of recording, not only is there a global pandemic, there's also been civil unrest and domestic terrorism in the capital and Donald Trump's being impeached. And hopefully if you're listening to this in the future, you can talk about Donald Trump being in jail or something nice like that. But yeah, at the moment, there's just there's a lot of stuff going on that's troubling. And I think that also kind of gets you into that slump because you're just like oh everything's just so terrible yeah i say and it, it, it falls on you doesn't it and i think like you say when you're in it it's hard to get out because i think more pressure falls on you at the very point at which you feel least capable of finding the extra resources to deal with it and i was talking to someone who was an employee today as an external contractor and i was saying oh you know happy new year how are you getting on is it i said oh i'm finding it hard to get going and she said oh well you know i've been thrown into a load of projects i haven't had much choice and i think that makes the difference doesn't it i mean she's an employee if you if you're not shivving yourself along someone's going to come along and tell you what to do very quickly and you mentioned that emotional load and I think that can kind of add to it so I think that's it as well and, and Katie what what impact do you think that that has on freelancers as well because I think it's it's not nice for anyone like you say it's universal in some ways but it can make life tricky for a freelancer 
Yeah, well, I think especially at the time at this time of year when everyone's trying to plan ahead, you know, it's the time of year when you you almost need to be able to look forward. And of course, you don't have to do your planning at the start of the year. It's an arbitrary time, but it is a nice psychological kind of clean slate in some ways. And so I think if you're trying to do any planning and you're stuck in a rut, it's a real challenge because to do effective planning and looking ahead, you have to be able to imagine what you want and what your business and life might look like in the future. And if you're stuck in a rut, then quite often you you kind of feel, you can only see the, like you say, the monochrome or even just the worst case scenarios. It can feel a bit hopeless. It can feel really daunting. And so I think then you're, your kind of future planning and your business development and strategy can suffer if you're stuck in a rut and you're trying to do that. So I think that's that's one problem. And I think the other thing is just that you aren't your kind of your best self. But I don't mean it in an, a cheesy American way. I just mean that you you're not going to achieve what you want as easily if you're stuck in a rut and you're feeling down. Everything seems harder. And so I think it it just it then becomes self-reinforcing because you're like, see, this was really hard. Everything is shit. And so then that, I think that's when you, that's when it becomes a bit of a liability for your business as well. It's not just a case of, oh, I'm feeling a bit unmotivated. I need to stop watching Netflix or, you know, going on the internet. It, it's, I think it's more than that. It's that kind of, it's actually becomes a risk if you're, if you're not able to figure out a way to kind of even just, climb a little bit out of the rut yeah I, I think it could also add extra pressure on yourself because i know we don't worry we are going on to the positive stuff soon but i think it's worth acknowledging yeah sorry like... yeah it's not like we're all <laughs> the whole point is that we can get out of this <laughs> yeah no but i think it is i think it is worth it katie like um just kind of acknowledging how hard it is for people because i think sometimes yeah. we can be really hard on ourselves and also you know freelance people and you know entrepreneurs we're supposed to be chipper so we've all seen the youtube videos and those shouty people on facebook who keep doing the lives and you know they're telling us how you've got to be a motivator you've got to want it badly you've got to work hard you've got to have a good mindset and i think that most of us you know if you if you have been freelance particularly for a period of time then chances are you are that person so for me there's a slight identity issue like i am a positive person i am a self-starter i know how to motivate myself i know how to get my mind and my body and my emotions going but we're all susceptible to this sometimes and that just became apparent this week and I was speaking to um, a lovely lady yesterday um, she phoned me because I said I was you know I'm really struggling at the minute and she instead of doing a whatsapp she phoned me which is really sweet and she's running a positive mindset seminar next week and she said I might have to start as a coach I might have to start the positive mindset seminar by just admitting that she was struggling as well she felt like a fraud <laughs> and so now she's tackling how to be authentic and congruent whilst running a positive mindset seminar and I totally empathize with her position we quite often talk about how to get yourself going and when you can't do it I think it does cause a bit of a I don't know cognitive dissonance between you know how you see yourself and and how, how you normally are with how you're feeling at that time as well so we, we can make us a little unkind to ourselves and I think the other thing Katie is 
you know, you mentioned trying to predict the future. I mean, people use this term a lot. They talk about VUCA, so vol- volatile, <laughs> that, uncertain. That's V-U-C-A. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got, you've got to get the pronunciation right and the audio right on this. Although I'm not doing that on podcasts, but they talk about volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous. And as human beings, we like to be able to predict to a certain degree or at least enough for whatever your level is what's going to happen and when you have like you say Kate the political uh, situation the economic situation the health situation when things are thrown up in the air of course we can flex and adjust but it make it does add to that mental load so I think um, it's important to be kind to ourselves and recognize that sometimes it's not just about you not living up to your brand it, there are reasons why we feel this way and we can be a little bit kind to ourselves. I think there's um, a fear element too which contributes to us being stuck in a rut certainly for me at the moment is the sort of with the, with the threat of the you know coronavirus looming i haven't had it as far as i know and it's and now it's becoming more and more prevalent i'm like very very mindful of okay i might need to take a chunk of time off work if i get this depending on how it affects me and and so it's making me very mindful again and I'm sort of like okay I don't want to plan too much just in case I catch coronavirus and then I have to self-isolate and not do any work because I'm feeling too rubbish and obviously it might not affect me at all but I think that's hanging over people's heads of like oh I really can't afford to take this time off um about it and I think that's adding to the mental load as well yeah and and it's useful to be able to notice I think when you're falling into this so one thing I found like from being self-employed for quite some years now is that I've got much much better at noticing early doors when I'm starting to slip into a rut so rather than waiting for me to get into that trough where I'm like oh everything's a bit everything's a bit rubbish I'm much much better at spotting the signs of when I'm on that downward decline and I'm slowly starting to feel a bit drained or demotivated and I think that's that's a real skill that's worth developing and it's really important to, to to be able to spot the signs I think. Yeah, well, let's have a look at that then. So let's have a look at some signs that you might be either on your way to being stuck in a rut or, you know, that you might be in a rut. Because I think sometimes you don't even realise when you're stuck in a rut. You know, you kind of, especially if you've been feeling this way for a little while, it's, I think, I find it doesn't take that long for you to adjust to a new version of normal. And all of a sudden you kind of forget what you were like before and you forget that you were positive and happy and enthusiastic and excited about things. And all you can think about is this sort of this rut that you're in. So I think for me, like some of it is kind of intangible and some of it has really specific kind of signs to look out for. So like for me, I would probably describe it as feeling a bit meh. And, and that that's for me, if, if I ever start to use that word, if I start to describe how I'm feeling as that, that's definitely a sign for me that I'm maybe starting to get a bit stuck in a rut. What about you, Michelle? I think I think the big one for me, Kate, is where I start to notice is where I start to become withdrawn because normally I, I have a quite an extroversion preference. I like to chat to people. I like to phone people. I like to see people face to face. But I can start to tell, well, there's two main things. One, when I become withdrawn, so when I can't face phoning someone or if phoning people or doing video calls feels like a drag, that's normally a, a giveaway for me. I think the other one is I can't get out of my own head. So I've been like that a lot recently. So by that, I mean, I'm, I'm constantly having an internal monologue or dialogue or I'm thinking things, worrying things round. Whereas, you know, whereas normally I can go out for a walk in the morning, for example, and be really present and in the moment and note taking the trees or the birds or the scenery 
but sometimes I do a walk and because I suppose they're familiar I go on autopilot and I'm just lost in my own thoughts rather than being in the moment so all that stuff's going around my head when I'm on my break or my walk and it's also come back with me into the house and if that goes on for days that's not it's normally a sign that I've got to change something up um so they would be the big two for me but there's loads Katie I mean I I mentioned uh, we talked yesterday on the group so yesterday I said I was struggling a bit and I, I said to people look my mood is all over the place I'm feeling really rubbish I'm struggling right now I can't motivate I um so that I'm struggling to get going in the morning I'm getting out of bed although I've spoken to people who are struggling to get out of bed but I'm getting up but I'm not really getting to doing any meaningful work by 10 and even then I'm distracting myself and then the one that came up in our whatsapp group Katie was doom scrolling particularly when you you know you mentioned those riots I could not take my eyes away I was doom scrolling for hours and that's not healthy is it it's horrible no exactly it's just reinforcing that your kind of idea that everything is terrible i think so um but it's it's human nature we are, you know i was doing the same thing as well and and just kind of um you know getting sucked in and then getting distracted by other things at the same time that were related and yeah just get, being taken away from actually what i wanted to spend my time on so i think that's probably another sign for me is that like you know if i'm spending you know, I like to have time to chill out. I do, you know, I enjoy watching Netflix. I enjoy chilling out. I, I don't necessarily feel like I have to be like on it and productive all day, every day. But certainly, yeah, for me, if if I know it's not my anxiety, which I can, and I can tell the difference. Um, so if I know it's not my anxiety, but I'm still not being very productive and I'm not spending the time on the things that I either want to or need to be doing, that's a big sign for me, definitely, that I'm stuck in a rut. And... And actually, you know, like, just to be really clear on this, you know, we're not talking about ongoing mental health issues, although, of course, they do go hand in hand. But this is something that even if you don't normally suffer from anxiety or depression, that you can experience this. So they are subtly different, I think. But you'll probably find that, you know, one is probably might be symptomatic of the other. If you're more anxious, you're more likely to get stuck in a rut. Or if you're stuck in a rut, it's more likely to bring out any like anxiety or depression that you normally do have to deal with um so i think that's one thing for me is that yeah the things that normally do kind of inspire me and motivate me don't the things that normally come easily to me feel hard i think that's definitely a big one you know putting things off that i wouldn't normally like the certain tasks that i always procrastinate and so it's a bit like what you were saying michelle like kind of knowing yourself and knowing what's different and being able to identify the changes you know so certain things i'll always procrastinate on but there's other things that i generally crack on with and so if i'm not doing those then that's a sign for me i think yeah and just generally struggling with creativity or problem solving i find that definitely happens and for me the way it's mainly manifested is that I I love planning and I love like looking ahead to the year and trying to map out what what I want to happen in the year and everything and I've really struggled to get going on it this year and normally I'm kind of chomping at the bit to do it um and I've sort of started it and got halfway through and then sort of stopped and I'm looking at my whiteboard right now and it's kind of got like 2021 goals on it and it's got like a spider what's it called spider diagram with like six six things and then I've gone into detail for one of them and then there's five things that I've just not done anything with for like a week and so I think that's how it manifests for me is that sort of lack of inspiration especially for forward-looking things and creative things 
Yeah, you, you, like I say, you know, you know, you know yourself as well, and I think it is important to to spot that. And uh, you know, we were chatting to someone yesterday. They were saying that their partner had commented that we're a lot quieter than usual, and I think sometimes those mm-hmm. comments from others can really um, can be a bit of a nudge as well. Like you know, I think I've said on this podcast before. I went on holiday with my wife once, and she she mentioned that she didn't think I was really present, and I felt really guilty and bad about that. But that kind of really jolted me out of it when I realised it was impacting her as well. And so you, you get those comments from others. And I, the only th- other thing I'd advocate is when I really start beating myself up. You know, we can all be self-critical. I generally don't experience self-loathing or, or beat myself up a great deal. But um, recently, yeah, definitely. Like you say, you know you should be doing things, taking things away from what you want to do. Like, why did I waste my time doom scrolling? I really wanted to be doing something more productive. And that just noticing that repeatedly is probably a sign. Like at that point I should probably say do you know what there's a reason there's something going on here there's a reason why I'm I'm you know distracting myself or being critical of myself rather than beating myself up I should probably take a step back and go okay what's going on and then think about it you know more objectively so that's easy to say and you're absolutely right Katie you know sometimes you don't even recognize that you're sort of going down that path until you really get stuck but I think with time if you can start to observe yourself you know and if you're quite new to freelancing, you know, you can even keep a journal or just start to, you know, just do stuff, but start to observe yourself in certain situations and like you'll very quickly get a hang of what is normal and, and what is not. Exactly. Because I think one of a lot of these signs that we've said here, they might be normal for a lot of people. Like you were saying, you know, you know, some things up if you're not starting work before 10. I'm like, I don't start work till 1030 on a normal day. So it's not that like 10 it's not like how early one starts work is a sign of being stuck in a rut you know if you're normally quite introverted then not speaking to people is probably a bit more normal for you if that's you know if you get your energy from having your alone time but I think like you say Michelle it's the key thing is what's different to how you normally operate so we've talked about some signs that you might be stuck so if you're now feeling like, yeah, that sounds like I might be stuck in a rut or on the way to it, we're going to now look at what you can do about it. So, Michelle, do you want to kick us off? What's a few things that we can do? Yeah, I think the big the big breakthrough yesterday for me when I was really struggling um, was actually just being vulnerable and being honest with people. And that's not something that comes naturally to me. And I think even like Kate, you've known me for a few years now, even a few years ago, I wouldn't have sent that message to anybody. Um, I might not have even noticed that I was struggling, to be honest, or it wouldn't have occurred to me to ask <laughs> for help. But there was two two WhatsApp groups, our freelance one and one of fellow coaches and trainers who are generally, you know, very good with this stuff, uh, who I collaborate with positivity, you know, webinars and things and uh, I just put a message in both groups saying that guys is anyone else finding lockdown three hard I'm really struggling my mood's all over the place I'm, I'm not getting things done and that just that disclosure I think on a personal level of just struggling is was a big step for me um and perhaps I would have talked myself out a bit before, but um, you know, just to do that yesterday was was great, and and those, and I was really touched. In fact, I, you know, I said I had a little cry uh, when somebody <laughs> when Kath contacted me, um, but um, yeah, I was just really touched because very very quickly, you know people aren't online all the time but very very quickly I got lots of responses and it was really good stuff as well it was you know two communities which I really trust and it was people you know there was no I don't know 
it wasn't patronizing and it wasn't like oh i'm so sorry you know head tilting conversation it was genuinely <laughs> people people sharing back so lots of people saying i feel exactly the same or i'm going through something really similar or i've not experienced that but i'm experiencing this and some of it or what some of the, some of it slipped into a bit of negativity and it wasn't people trying to fix you either it was just people coming back with really supportive messages sharing their experiences acknowledging it being kind and then sharing some of the things that they've been doing or some of the things that that were keeping them positive so that's 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 the big one Kate isn't it it's doing something and asking for help maybe yeah and even the step before that actually like you were saying Michelle you might not have actually even acknowledged it to yourself in the past I think just acknowledging that that's happening and accepting it without a judgment and then being able to take the steps to actually get out of that rut is really important um, and it was like a yeah, floodgate like, think, opened, wasn't it? You know, you you saw the group yesterday. It was it was like I, I expected a few people to to share a supportive comments. It was like a floodgate. Like one person had said it, and on this occasion it was me. It's not normally me, but once one person had said it, everybody started talking about yeah. it, which makes a difference. I think it was that yeah, it kind of gave people permission to go. Oh, okay, it's actually all right for me to be feeling like this. And I think you know you probably have more pressure on you because you're a coach. And like you were saying about your you know the coach that you're doing the webinar with next week is that that you probably do have more pressure to have your shit together. And like you know, I feel like it, it, and because you are generally quite a stoic person, I would say everyone's like, okay, if Michelle's struggling, then then like it's okay for us to be struggling. So I think everyone was actually really grateful for you sharing it. And yeah, I kind of left my phone for like 10 minutes and came back and there was like 40 unread messages in the group um and I think it did it did give people that kind of freedom I think to be open about it as well and be like oh it's nice not to just be me and actually a, a few people like you know replied with like funny messages and you know there's a couple of kind of tangents that came off from it that really like like made me laugh and so I think that's another thing that you can do is actually you know find either people that make you laugh or like do something that makes you laugh and and kind of brings that that joy back into your life because i think when you're stuck in a rut joy seems this sort of far off concept um yeah i think i think it's laughter laughter's great and i i, I just chatting to someone on whatsapp yesterday i was saying i think i need to find a comedy series i don't really have one at the moment oh actually no that's wrong. big mouth is back on netflix I, I like archer i like family guy just daft stuff and i thought like that's it i need a i need a comedy program which i can watch when I'm taking lunch or whatever that actually just changes makes me laugh I think laughter is is huge and like you say we got a bit of that yesterday as well um and so there is something about surrounding yourself by those kind of people and building that network where you've got because some people want to wallow in the in in the doom and gloom and we all need people like that when we want a bit of pity but it's also quite nice to surround yourself by people who you know are going to take it positive eventually as well exactly and it doesn't necessarily have to be freelancers you know sometimes it's nice when people kind of get it but the 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 beauty of the fact that this is a global pandemic is actually you know we were saying obviously it might impact freelancers in a different way but everyone is feeling this to an extent you know so there's probably a lot more people that you can actually open up to about this who will understand what you're going through even if it's for a slightly different scenario it might be because of their kids and childcare and homeschooling again or it might be because of their employment or because of the family situation or whatever but i'm sure that a lot of people are feeling this just kind of oh goodness when is this going to end you know yeah 
And so, uh, yeah, you've probably got a wider audience to reach out to than you normally have for freelancer specific problems, which is nice. There's more people to talk to. I was going to say, even clients, actually, because like normally, like clients are not a great people to to offload emotionally. But actually, I found a weird thing happening over the last year or so that actually just a lot more openness between the clients, like not necessarily confiding in them, but just people sharing <laughs> what what's going on. And it's kind of OK to ask now as well, which is another positive, I think. Yeah, I think I mentioned this on an earlier episode, but I had a client before Christmas and for various reasons, there was, uh, they kind of tried to introduce a lot of extra work that had that was supposed to take place after Christmas. They wanted to do a lot more work before Christmas. And I was just like, guys, I don't think I can do this. And I got a bit upset because I wanted to do a really good job. And I was just a bit like, I just don't think this is possible. And, and my client thanked me because she said be, that vulnerability then was like holding up a mirror. And she said it made her realize that she was really struggling and it gave her the permission to talk to her team and say like, look, I don't think I can do this either. I don't, you know, I think like, yes, Katie's struggling, but I'm struggling too. And so then we reevaluated it and we've moved it back to this year and it's much easier. Um, and so I think, yeah, that, that kind of change. I mean, I've always been quite open with my clients. So I've never cried on them before. So... Um, that that change in the client relationship and more openness and I think like just I guess you know you're going into their homes via zoom but you would never have done that like I've had client meetings at my house before when I lived back in the Peak District but I've never but I've never no that's not true actually I have been to my client's houses but it's less usual for to go to a client's house um, and so actually I guess because you're like in that room and I've had calls with clients where they've had the kids with them and you know, the kids have been showing the drawings to the screen and stuff, or the baby's been crying and the cat's walking over. And I think it just brings that human element to the fore a bit more. So I think, yeah, it's, yeah. it is nice having that relationship as well. What else have you found helps you? Now, Michelle, you did this really, you did a kind of a cool thing um, where you kind of made a little almost intervention plan for yourself, didn't you? For like being I did. Stuck in a rut. Yeah, basically, I'm inspired by my asthma plan. So when I go to the asthma nurse, I have like this plan that my peak flows at a certain rate. I have to take extra puffs of my inhaler. If it drips to another threshold, then I've got to book a GP appointment. If it goes rock bottom, I'm supposed to go to A&E, take both my inhalers. So there's like symptoms and then there's like interventions. And I thought, yeah, I should probably do something like that for my well-being when I get stuck. So literally, I have done a sort of a nicely coloured and illustrated diagram. And I've just made a massive list here, Katie. So um, like I mentioned, when I when I get withdrawn, so the first kind of thing on my list was I ju I've just done like a little picture of that I could glance at very easily and just remind myself as a sort of a visual memory jogger just to not just stay in that rut, but to do something. So on mine, I've got things like call somebody. So I mentioned yesterday, I put a message out. One of the ladies rang me instead of just message me. She thought, oh, I've got a question for Michelle anyway. I'll just ring her. And quite often it is that human contact that gets me motivated. So a video call or a phone call even with someone, probably more so than a message. And I think the thing is, Katie, when we feel a bit stuck, we probably feel less like phoning someone than we would ordinarily. But that's probably the very thing that we need to do. And I do feel more energised for talking um, to people. If that's the sort of thing that does energise you. Like, I mean, I yeah, that's like people. not for everybody. <laughs> so I'm just no, like, no. <laughs> 
that would probably add to the load oh yeah but if for someone else you're quite right for someone else it might be create space just to be on my own you know yeah but the, but um i also put things like so, or speak to someone in a shop so we've talked in other episodes about getting out when working in coffee shops and of course that's an avenue that's been closed to us now um so speaking to shopkeepers at the moment isn't isn't a goer but actually just even a small interaction would be fine and then other things i've put in is just to revisit successes um so I mentioned to you that I've actually got quite a lot done this week and quite quite a few things off the desk, which I haven't really given myself credit for. So when you look back and take stock of everything that you have achieved rather than focus on what you haven't, then I think revisiting successes and giving yourself a pat on the back for what you've done is really is really useful too. Um, I've got some other stuff in there. I've got some other things in here as well. I'll share these. I've got gratitude. Doing a bit of gratitude can be quite good. So listing what you're grateful for. Um, and just trying to be getting things in proportion and like trying to give yourself a bit of, of, of a kind inner voice as well. So I think the first one is just to normalize it. And like we said yesterday, when we were sharing experiences, just realize that it's quite normal. So it's not just me. Everybody was struggling. Everybody was feeling sluggish. No one was in a good place. But then just try and look at the, the bigger picture and make sure that you've got a bit of perspective on the scenario as well. It's probably not as bad as you think. And then... The other ones are kind of all related to um, kind of physical stuff, Katie. And I think that's a big one for me is just if your mood is directly connected to your physical body. So going for a walk or doing exercise that gets you breathless, like cycling, running is perfect or swimming, you've mentioned before. And I've, I've been doing a bit of the Wim Hof method recently, not like trying to go in ice baths, but I've actually started doing some breathing exercises um, as well. And that's something really simple and quick and easy you can do, which is is really lovely. Um, uh, just to get a bit of energy back in the body. He talks about, you know, just getting a bit more oxygen in your system. So all of those things. And then I'll, you'll be proud of me here. The, the other thing I did today was I said no to something. I got an inquiry about something that was not my bag. I could do it. It wasn't really my bag. And I thought, oh God, I feel like, oh, this is such a drag. This is such a hassle. And I thought this feels like a hassle because this is not my thing. And I feel under pressure just to say yes. And so that's the other one. I think lightening the load. Katie, if you haven't got the capacity to do stuff, be honest and say no or try and get things out the diary to create space for just feeling a bit meh and I think that can work quite well as well I mean what about you you've I know you've you've you're well versed in this as well yeah I think um you know it's funny to say that my mental health has helped my bad mental health has helped me but actually I think because I've had you know anxiety and and possibly depression in the past um actually it's it's not been too bad recently but then obviously like I'm just in the sort of normal person's rut right now um, but I think that's given me a lot of techniques that I can kind of tap into when I'm in a in a rut that isn't specifically related to like an ongoing anxiety disorder. Um, so for me, I think like finding a way to have a small win or just take one step forward is really important. Um, I know one thing that make there's another sign actually for me that I am in a bit of a rut is when um, when I've got lots of emails in my inbox. And so for me, just even if even if I don't have to like do the tasks, just getting my inbox to zero makes me feel like I've achieved something. It makes me feel really positive and in control of everything. Um, so when I say getting to inbox zero, I don't mean I've done all my to-do list or anything. I just don't use my email as a to-do list. So that just means I go through my emails and then for every single email I ask, what is the next step? 
Um, so it might be that I need to reply to them and schedule a meeting. It might be that I need to save some materials for future reference for some work I'm going to do. It mean, might mean I need to add a task to my task list. Um, if I ever get stuck, that's probably the first thing I do is what is the next step? And actually even just kind of breaking down what needs to be done so it seems less overwhelming because I think that's something that, you know, if, if you imagine like, if you imagine that you are literally stuck in a rut, you know, if you were if you were in a bit of a sort of a, a ditch or something, the, the, the way to get out seems really steep and difficult. But actually the way that you would do it is you'd look for like a little crevice or you'd look for something you could hold on to, a little plant root or something, and just sort of, and then you'd look for the next one and you'd, you'd kind of gradually, you'd get yourself up there somehow, you know, one way or another. And so, for me, it's the same thing with work stuff. It's kind of what is the next thing I need to do to move this forward even a little bit. So I don't try and like get the whole thing finished. I don't try and tick all the tasks off my task list. It's more about breaking it down and working out how to feel like I've made some progress. So some of the times the action might even be to ask for more time to do stuff if I feel like I've not got enough time. Um, so, you know, if I'm feeling really rubbish and I don't feel like I'm going to be in the best place creatively to fix something or to come up with a solution, I'll ask for more time. So I did that last week. I was trying to solve a problem. Um, I just couldn't get my head around it. My brain was just really foggy. And so I just said to the client, look, I'm not, I'm, I could spend hours on it today. I'm going to, I'm going to look at this on Tuesday instead, because I think my brain will be fresher and I'll be able to figure out a solution. And I did. So that, that really helps. Um, another thing I did last week for the first time actually was I was feeling really uninspired like I mentioned about my planning but I knew that I needed to do something and I know that I always have better years and I don't just mean financially I just mean in terms of like I feel like I've kind of got to where I want to be and I've worked in the way I want to work when I have a plan so I know how important it is to me even if it's not really kind of specific at least having that kind of guide and guiding kind of overarching view is really important to me and I was just really feeling uninspired and I just I was feeling a bit poorly and I went to bed um kind of quite early like and it was like kind of went and got into bed like seven or something after my dinner um and I was just going to watch Netflix and feel a bit sorry for myself and I thought I'm just going to have a look on Eventbrite and see if there's any events happening this evening because that's the that's the beauty of the everything going virtual is that actually you can access a lot more events than you used to be able to so I had a quick look on Eventbrite and 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 you know browse I sort of typed in you know like 2021 planning and stuff like that um and found an event that was happening in like 10 minutes time and registered onto it and it was a kind of 90 minute um planning session and just actually doing that and participating in it kind of forced me to take those first steps and I think once you're over that hump of getting started sometimes things come much more easily so that's what allowed me to do some planning was the fact that I did this this um this workshop which actually did get me starting to think about what I wanted to achieve and so like creating um bit of accountability I suppose and a bit of support for yourself around what you want to achieve can be really helpful yeah it's the first it's the 10 minute rule isn't it Katie I think it is if you're putting something off just aim for the first like you say just aim for the first 10 minutes and then normally once you break the back of it you're in there aren't you 
and you yeah, and you mentioned exactly. you mentioned goals that's an interesting one because i i like to keep options open and i don't like to be too constrained by specific goals but without specific goals we do struggle and i think sometimes we overwhelm ourselves by being too optimistic and building too many goals in and goals can be a way of hemming yourself in or a bit of pressure but sometimes goals can be useful like you say Katie create a bit of accountability for yourself sometimes putting like a webinar in the diary or putting in a meeting with someone those are things that can um although they might give you a deadline and that might increase pressure on you sometimes that can be a positive thing can't it I think yeah I think I I enjoy being under pressure in that sort of situation I love a deadline I'm like super super deadline oriented like if I don't have a deadline, it doesn't happen basically. So for me, I think that's that's definitely something I've learned about myself is that, you know, in a perfect world, I'd be much better at being accountable to myself, but I'm not. But I'm brilliant at being accountable to others. And so if if I make a commitment to somebody, I generally tend to follow it through. So um, yeah, so that that's that's something as well is that finding finding ways to like, help get you out of a slump so like I do these um focus sessions uh, so there's a company called cave day and they run basically remote uh, deep work sessions so you you kind of start with a group of other people you introduce yourself to say what you want to work on and then you all work together in silence or with music or whatever but like you're, you're doing your own work and everyone else is simultaneously focused on their own work but you feel part of something and so it's it 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 makes you feel more motivated because you're like, okay, all these other people are working. I want to work too. I want to do this focus. And because it's for a set amount of time, you can do it for an hour or you can do it for three hours. You can like, okay, well I can do an hour. You know, it's like that 10 minute thing as well. I can just, I'll just do an hour and then I can go and do whatever I want. Um, so I definitely find that like, if I, if I say, right, I just have to do this thing and then I've got permission to do whatever I want. Quite often I end up doing the thing the kind of productive thing for longer than just that first 10 minutes or that first hour anyway so um yeah, yeah i found that really I think that can, really helpful yeah that can that, that can be really useful as you say to to build that in and then you've got that kind of thing where you've got other people around you as well which is yeah which is nice and i think because like you were saying before about you know we used to be able to go to coffee shops and things and i think that's that was one of the ways that i would historically have got myself out of a bit of a rut or a slump would be to go and change my location and work from somewhere different. And obviously, like you say, that's not been taken, that's been taken away from us. And so I think doing these types of, um, you know, these types of online things is my, the closest I can get to changing my location. Um, I mean, sometimes we'll go and work in a different room of the house. And the other day we, you know, sometimes we'll kind of pretend that our front room is like a hipster coffee shop and we'll put on, put on certain you know like coffee shop background noise and make ourselves nice coffee and cake and just kind of try and channel as much coffee shop vibes as we can um yeah okay i i love that because because our friends um we saw on facebook they had their anniversary the other day and they proper got dressed up and kate so becky and i love you know love that so our friends um they got they got dressed up on all their you know going out clothes and they made a little restaurant in their house and beck's like our anniversary is coming up we should totally do it we should cook a posh meal or buy the posh meal and beck's got like these socks that she wants to wear with her, her sh- a, pro- a posh shoes she hasn't worn a posh shoes for ages she loves them and so we're like fine we'll get dressed up we'll order some food in and i think i think 
you've touched on something, Kate, there that I often talk about with people with productivity when working from home is you mentioned we can't physically change location. So besides working from the kitchen or the front room, which I think are good things to do, um, you can your your changes if you want to switch up can be physical. So as in changing physical location, they can be temporal, as in at certain day at times I will start an activity or stop an activity and at the end of the day I'll draw a line here no matter where I am and then I'll switch it up or it can be do it can be clothing so if you want to feel different um and you're in a rut um dressing up in slightly like you've been in your like joggers or your onesie then perhaps dressing smarter in your business wear I used to have a colleague that when she worked from home the way that she would separate work work from home and, and mix it up was she would wear full business dress full makeup do her hair the whole shebang to work at her dining table and at the end of the day she'd pop her jeans and jumper on and so I think um like I I wear perfume before I have a client call or training session um because no one else can smell it uh, but it kind of does something for me so I think I think you're quite right, Katie. That coffee shop idea is a, is a really good one. And especially at the moment, um, I find that we have to do something that marks the weekend from the rest of the week. Uh, otherwise, alcohol is what I use. I don't drink a lot, but I probably drink more. Like weight-wise, it's probably not great for the calories. And so come Friday, I want to have probably two, three beers and then the same on Saturday, the same on Sunday. And that's not very healthy, Um but that's how we it just feels different, isn't it? It's a different stimulus. So if you can change those stimuli in other ways, I think that can really help lift you out of, of a rut. Yeah. Excitement, happiness. Yeah. Like you so say, finding nice routines and stuff as well, I think really helps. So like we have a little Saturday morning routine where we have a pan of chocolate and we watch um, a video from a cat shelter in um, Boise, Idaho because um, they do like a little tour of all of the cats that are available to adopt and they're like safely <laughs> in a different country so that we can't accidentally adopt them so because if they were in the UK I'd find a way to take them all in I know I would I'm a crazy cat lady so yeah just having little nice routines I think make a bit of difference you know in that like buy the fancy tea at the shops you know and and so make you know like you're spending so less so much less money on, in coffee shops or co-working spaces or whatever so you know treat yourself to some nice coffee or some nice tea at the shop so that when you have your drink it feels like a treat or you know just things like that um i think do really make a difference as well yeah and I think distraction normally is a, is a bad thing and I beat myself up for it, but it can be a good thing. And a friend of ours says he just spent two hours playing video games the other day. And obviously that wouldn't be good to do it every day. But I think, you know, some people have mentioned they've started to read a nice book that they've always wanted to get stuck into. Uh, it might be a video game. It might be a film or a DVD or an online course or something, but something for you. And I think a little bit of self-kindness and a positive distraction can be another way to change your state mentally, really. So hopefully some of those will give you some ideas on how you can get out of a rut if you are stuck in it and how to identify if you're starting to fall into one. And so at the end of each episode, we always like to take our kind of one takeaway or one one tip to rule them all, if you will. Um, so Michelle, what, what would be your one tip that you would say about getting stuck in a rut if you could just say one thing? I think my one tip, Katie, would, would just be do something. When you're stuck in a rut, it's tempted to keep going over the same thing over and over and over remaining in your rut 
but whatever you're doing it's not working so I think just change change it up do something and we mentioned you know the physical the mental the emotional um all those are connected so if you change one of those and do something one of those like like I say go for a run or watch a comedy video or you know have a conversation is going to change your perspective if you change one of those the others will change as well so it doesn't matter what it is just do something different and hopefully you're going to get different results what what about you Katie I think for me it would be just move one step forward you know imagine you're on a you're playing a board game and you're at the start and there's lots left to go and you might feel like you'll never get to the end but just move one square forwards so you know if you feel like you want to be more in touch with people and but you feel like you've kind of got into the habit of not contacting people then just you know send one message make one phone call send one birthday card um just something to to get yourself one little tiny bit closer to where you want to be and don't feel like you have to achieve everything at once that's probably my tip as well yeah ending on a message of self-kindness there i like that yeah yeah i think that is probably the overriding thing yeah just be kind to yourself because this year has not been kind to us and so we have to take it upon ourselves to be kind to ourselves and of course if you've got any other tips then we'd love to hear from you um our twitter account without realizing had actually been locked not really sure why possibly because we um hadn't logged in for a while and so it has now on the same day as president trump got his account formally suspended forever ours was unlocked so i like to feel that there's a nice karmic balance happening there so now you can actually tweet us at 99 problems cast so the number 99 problems and then cast as in podcast and we'll actually be able to see what you're telling us so apologies if you have been talking to us via twitter in the last few months and we haven't responded uh it's because i thought that no one loved us but it was just that our account had been locked so um yeah do get in touch if you have any ideas for future problems you'd like us to tackle or if you've got any tips and we will see you next time for another episode of 99 problems but a boss ain't one